Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you use code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the Daily Fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw joining me today. Chase, how are you feeling on what is a very lovely Tuesday afternoon? You know, we, we were talking just before the show. Um, I'm a little tired for whatever reason. I, I know you're also you're tired today. You have more reason to be tired than I do. But I mean, it's a little tired today. Other than that, just kind of hanging out and doing some work around here. How about you? Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, little bit tired. I took a break. Uh, I think it was about four or five day break from uh, doing some some running, a, a little bit of running, but mostly walking, um, just trying to exercise, you know, get more in shape and took a little break because I had school and stuff, but got back on that today because yesterday, Monday, and then two days ago, Sunday, uh, I was hard grinding with schoolwork. So we got all that done, thankfully. Um, and I got back on track, but I got an email today from one of my professors. Oh, and so she told us with our final projects, I was doing a final audio project, uh, uh, pretty shocking because a podcaster, why would they do an audio project? Right. Uh, makes no sense. But she texts me and go and asked if I had a little, introduction like um I don't remember the exact words basically she was just asking do I have an introduction for it I'm like yeah I put it in the audio file like you told us to and she's like no what I meant is you needed to write like two or three paragraphs to introduce your audio project I'm like oh my gosh so I got to do that right after this um but overall like I'm almost done. I just got to get that done. And once that's done, I am completely done with full semesters of school. I've only got one class and an internship after this. So uh, I'm thankful to be there. But I I thought I was done yesterday. That's not the case. That's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe maybe you should should be a better student, better person, follow the instructions. I don't know. Yeah. Well, when the instructions (laughs) aren't very clear, you know, you can only do so much. But I do have to say yesterday to celebrate me being done with school. I got some Chick-fil-A. 
And I haven't had a nice full meal of Chick-fil-A in quite some time. It's probably been three or four weeks um, because, again, I'm trying to be a little bit healthier. But, oh, man, I just went all in last night. Two chicken sandwiches, a fry, a Coke. Um, I got an extra chicken sandwich and mac and cheese so that I could have that for lunch today, too. Um, So after my my walk, I had that. And Chick-fil-A always cheers me up. I, I have a question. So, you know, you thought you were done with school on Monday, but since you really yep. you're not done, since you have to do this assignment, does that mean you can do it again? No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I sure wish. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do that, uh, especially because Thursday, it's kind of a big day. It's Man. the NFL draft. We're going to be all hanging out. I'm coming home um, and it's it's going to be a fun night. I know you're bringing buffalo chicken dip. You said some cookies. I know the guys talked about pizza, doing some grilling. Like That already is just going to absolutely derail my next month of food. So uh, I definitely can't get Chick-fil-A two nights in a row. Yeah, I, I feel that. That's fair. Yeah, but uh, other than that, uh, I just was watching some film, more film today because film is always fun to watch. And believe it or not, I turned on the Texas spring game. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Texas fan, but there's a couple players. And Chase, the one that, you know, we know about, uh, he might play running back. He, I've only seen two plays from the game so far, and he's been electric. I think he's got 14 yards on two rushes. One was just a beautiful, beautiful run. So very excited to draft that guy in two years when it comes to fantasy. But Chase, let's hop off of all of our random shenanigans and talk about stuff that's coming up today in the show. And that would be a game review. Our last Columbus Blue Jackets game we get to talk about. We're going to be talking about a unfortunate retirement. And then after the commercial break, going to be talking about some more broadcast deals And then we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Uh, Not much has happened between now and this past Sunday. All right, Chase, let's just get into the show. Uh, (laughs) Starting off with Andrew Shaw's retirement. Uh, Unfortunately, he had to retire due to multiple concussions, and you never like to see that happen. No, no, it it sucks. Uh, Obviously, everyone knows Andrew Shaw. He's this guy. He plays this kind of role. Uh, He, you know, a fighter, hitter grinder type of guy you know he had some offense to him he wasn't like a bad player by any means but he played on the edge you know uh some people might call it dirty some not regardless you know that that debate doesn't really matter much anymore uh he's he's retired uh doctors told him you know it's dangerous who continues to play so we want to wish andrew shaw you know the best of luck and the best health going forward into his retirement he plans to do something you know still involved in the game maybe he gets into some coaching or some scouting um you know, some sort of management whatever he does uh you know we hope he just finds his path and finds his enjoyment Absolutely. And we see this argument a lot with football and especially hockey about how physical the sport is. And we kind of have to dumb it down a little bit, get rid of fighting. Maybe hitting isn't the best thing to do in every uh, in in an everyday sport. What are your thoughts, Chase? Uh, This is just going to be another reason that those doubters, those people that want the violence out of the game, uh, just another reason to add to their point. So what are your overall thoughts on that? Every single player that plays hockey, especially nowadays, or football for that matter, any sport, anybody that plays any sport, especially nowadays, knows every single risk they're taking. And if these athletes are willing to take that risk, why the hell should the fans care? Like, if if, if they want to take a chance at, you know, suffering a knee injury, a head injury, a wrist injury, an elbow injury, a shoulder injury, whatever the hell it is, it doesn't matter. They're the ones, they want to put their bodies on the line. 
they, they want this fame and notoriety. They want to play a sport that they love, that they've been trained to play their whole lives. So some random schmuck sitting on his couch shouldn't be able to say, oh, my God, I don't want you getting hurt. I don't know. They're, they're signing up for it. They're too bad. So sad. Yeah, and I was listening to something earlier today about football, and uh, it was kind of an argument that, oh, politics coming into sports is bad, but I don't really want to talk about that. But they also added on that the injuries and the concussion protocols and all of that, that's also making fans just not want to watch as much. Uh, Personally, I disagree. Uh, I love the physicality of both games, and uh, even playing both games is very fun, but they were saying that they think football could be on the decline and maybe it's not here in 10, 15 years. I don't think that'll ever be the case because if the NFL or, or something happens where it's like this game's too dangerous, another league's going to pop up. Same with hockey. hundred percent. And just for this conversation, like that you kind of took where you took it, I really want to focus on football. Uh, you see in the NFL, you, you see the, the NFL's a, predominantly black sport a black league it's about 70 percent of the league uh they're african americans or you know even some people from other countries that that are of black descent and a lot of these people that especially that are coming from the united states they come from these you know bad troubling neighborhoods uh, and, and football is kind of their escape they, they grow up you know they, they could get involved in street violence you know they, they might lose a father it was a lot mother they might lose a family member friend and they might want to turn to that life but instead they choose football and they go on and even if they don't go to the NFL, maybe they get the opportunity in college. Even if they don't go to college, they stay out of that trouble in high school and can make some of their lives. So it's it's really something that people don't think about enough. It's a way, you know, to stop this process of just this cycle that, you know, some people get stuck in, uh, you know, especially people in these lower income areas. So if football were to just flat out disappear, we would see a lot more tragic stories going on in the world. It's just flat out true, whether you want to admit it or not. And that would just be a horrible thing. So aside from just worrying about injuries or whatever, you know, these people's lives are a factor, too. Yeah. And there's plenty of success stories that we see in the NFL. So uh, that's a nice point there, Chase. But let's talk about the Blue Jackets lightning game that happened uh, two days ago, Sunday night. Uh, Tampa won and it was a good overall game. I felt like we were a little bit more dominant. However, uh, when it came down to goaltending, um, it, it, it got a little close. Yeah, it, it, it did a little, but at the end of the day, you know, a win's a win, can't complain. Uh, you know, it was a pretty special moment, too, because Alex Barbelay scored his first NHL goal, so good for him. You know, just as we were talking about him in that episode, he ends up getting a goal just shortly after. So, you know, it's good, it's good for him, but it was, it was a good team win for the game overall. Yeah, absolutely, and we saw Victor Hedman score the game winner 10 seconds into overtime, so that's something you absolutely love to see. Tonight, we've got the Blackhawks, but then coming up on Thursday night, uh, unfortunately, Chase, we won't be watching this game because... You know, the NFL draft will be taking place. Um, But Thursday night, it will be the Dallas Stars versus the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, a rematch of the Stanley Cup Finals. We've had the Dallas Stars number this season. Yeah, we have. I mean, they've just kind of struggled as a whole. They haven't really been able to get together. No, Tyler Sagan doesn't help either. But they've been kind of putting it together a little bit uh, more recently. You know, guys like Jason Robinson, like he's someone who's come in and is having a tremendous rookie year. He's very much in that call to race. He might even kind of be the favorite for the Calder at this point. Uh, you know, he's been playing tremendous. And then you look at like Jake Ottinger, he's been playing really well uh, while Ben Bishop's been out for the for an extended period of time and out for the rest of the year. So this Dallas team, they've started to figure it out a little bit. Uh, Tampa can't just kind of go in and just kind of sit back relaxed, even though we have a 4-1 series lead. 
it really doesn't mean anything. This team, this Dallas team, they're just getting better and better, and they could easily strike. So Tampa needs to be on their toes. Yeah, absolutely. And Chase, you mentioned the Calder Trophy. You mentioned Barry Boulay getting his first goal. Let's talk about some more firsts. So, unfortunately, when we recorded, I think it was last Thursday's episode, we asked, when is Spencer Knight going to see ice time? Well, later that night when we were recording, he would see ice time. So, uh, we forgot to mention that on Monday's episode. However, Spencer Knight, he played his first game, and he looked damn good. Yeah, it, it really shocked me. <laughs> I really thought that they were going to wait a little bit. But uh, how? what the hell do I know? Obviously nothing. So good for him. He ended up playing well. Uh, they, they got the win. And he, he obviously looks, you know, every bit the part. He looks like a super talented goalie, someone who's going to have a lot of NHL success. So, you know, we obviously want to wish nothing but the best for him. But at the same time, you know, we're a Tampa podcast. We don't want Florida coming anywhere near our level. And last night, Dreiger and Bobrovsky both had save percentages in the 800s. Neither looked very good when, like we mentioned with uh, Spencer Knight's first game, he looked phenomenal, boasting a 971 save percentage. Maybe that's reason for more Spencer Knight upcoming. I mean, I hope so. Let's just see him play. They're going to make playoffs, so it really doesn't matter. Like, they want to focus on, you know, maybe getting a specific, uh, specific seed. But, like, just keep your guys healthy. And if Spencer Knight's playing well, you can give him some momentum and some confidence, and maybe he's your duty role within the playoffs. It's not impossible, but it's definitely not likely. And another first, Cole Caulfield uh, playing his first game last night on Monday night. Uh, prospect that you have a lot of hope for, I have a lot of hope for, and I think Canadian fans overall have a lot of hope for. Yeah, I, I mean, full disclosure, I didn't see a lot of this game. Saw a couple clips on Twitter, and he, you know, he looks in place. He... There was a play where he was coming in, you know, in on the right wing, uh, whoever the hell center was, just kind of, you know, easy touch, touch pass to him. And he pretty much immediately fired it. It looked like it was going to end up going top corner, missed the net by probably half an inch. You know, that, that was a little bit lower. He's scoring just a disgusting snipe from the blue line for his first NHL goal. But it didn't happen. Regardless, you know, from the little bit I saw, he did look like he was fitting in. And we have a lot to you know, look forward to going forward with Cole Caulfield. He looks small out there, and that's – obvious uh he's that's why he dropped past the the top 10 but he's a great player and I saw some comparisons to Johnny Gaudreau who he was playing last night and it kind of just made me think about the excitement I had when Johnny Gaudreau was coming into the league Uh, I think Cole Caulfield is that but even more oh a, a lot more I mean Caulfield's coming in as a 19 year old Hobie Baker winner uh he might be 20 now actually but regardless um, yeah, you know, he, he's come, he's coming in as, as a young player. He's just incredibly gifted, incredibly talented, has a nose for the net in terms of shooting the puck. He's going to score a lot of goals. He's someone who has a much higher ceiling than Johnny Gaudreau ever did. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch him develop up there in Montreal. Absolutely. No points for him so far, but I don't doubt that it will come pretty soon. Uh, Chase, we talked about exceptional players and last episode, there's an exceptional player that is getting his first start tonight even though he wasn't drafted super highly. Yeah, I mean, still a first-round pick nonetheless, which is still impressive. But Joe Valeno, he'll be getting his first NHL game for the Detroit Red Wings. So good for him. You know, good to see someone that it was incredible. He fell as much as he did at the draft. I, I remember at the time, I had him still as a guy you could take in the top half of the first round, no problem. He's not going to necessarily be an offensive prowess for you, but he's going to be a, you know, a good enough scorer on top of playing tremendous defense and be a leader-type guy for you. Sure enough, he falls to 30 and falls in Detroit's lap. They end up having a good draft there. And he's he's had some success as a pro thus far. You know, we saw him in the World Juniors, Captain Team Canada, two years ago. That was now. 
Uh, this this dude's got legit talent. He knows how to play the game the right way, and he you know knows how to say and do the right things. He's gonna be someone who I would be shocked if he doesn't have a lot of success. He might not be you know like I mentioned that sixty point score every year, but if this dude scores forty five points a year and plays tremendous defense, I mean that's a very good NHL right there. And Chase, I have to ask. Uh, it's very hard to receive exceptional player status in the CHL, and usually those players pan out to be incredibly successful. However, Joe Valeno, exceptional player status. Sean Day, exceptional player status. Uh, they, uh, at least Sean Day hasn't lived up to the expectation yet, and I would say Joe Valeno being, what was it, the 30th overall pick? Yep. Being the 30th overall pick, that's not something you would expect from someone who's got exceptional player status you would think of more of a a top 10 maybe even top five pick so what is it that the I guess exceptional player status committee is getting wrong with some of these guys well I want to start off by saying every other exceptional status pick has gone first overall except for these two guys um so it's 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 tough like some of these guys that are exceptional status granted it's obvious like they just deserve it. They're clearly better than the people they're currently playing with. And it's just not fair and not safe for those guys. So, you know, you look at someone who's playing junior right now, Shane Wright. He was playing up in age group and was by far the best player in Canada playing in the age group he was playing in. It wasn't even close. Uh, and then, you, you know, you can go back and look at someone like Connor McDavid. He are, clearly was looking like he was going to be a future first overall pick in the NHL, someone who's going to be a perennial scorer. And, you know, so far these things have turned out true. It's It's really tough to judge, though. You know, you look at a guy like Joe Valeno, I'll start with him. In the queue, he looked super talented. He looked like someone that he could probably come in and play year one because he played a good two-way game. But a two-way game is a lot harder to translate than scoring is, honestly. Going from AAA hockey to junior, odds are you're going to be able to keep up that scoring more than you are the defensive play because you're playing against bigger, stronger guys. Uh, you can, you know, might still be able to score from perimeter. If you're just like a pure goal scorer, you can score from awkward angles. But if you're trying to play defensively, you know, you got to hit a little more block shots and you're playing against guys that are a lot older than you. It's a big transition. And the type of player that Valeno was, he just he kind of wasn't ready in that aspect, even though it might have seemed like he was. And then Sean Day, a defenseman. I just think no defenseman should get this award uh, or this honor, I should say, because it's such a large jump for a defenseman to do. A 15 year old, you know, asked to play 18 plus minutes a night on the defensive end, you know, blocking shots, making the right plays. That's a lot to ask. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about how the offensive skill usually translates. Uh, I mean, I think you need to look at speed, too. You talk about Connor McDavid, one of the fastest players, if not the fastest player in the NHL. Um, And the two way game that doesn't really translate as well. Well, you look at Sean Day, he's got to play the two way game as a defenseman. And he doesn't really have that speed either. So uh, kind of confusing on why Sean Day got it. It would have been really cool if he ended up being the first overall pick and just an amazing player. But that's not the case as of right now. Maybe he turns. Maybe he can turn it around with our Tampa Bay Lightning. But I, I kind of don't see that happening. It's not likely. I'd like to see him get an NHL chance at some point because like he does have talent and he, he is a smart defenseman. He's just not like at the level everyone thought. He was a third round pick because he was an exceptional status player and just people want to, you know, take that chance. Hasn't really worked out, but still, I think if you give him like a chance, he he might be able to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chase, we're going to go to a quick commercial break on the other side of the commercial break. Going to be talking broadcast deals and a little bit about the NFL draft. HF Boards is the Internet's largest and longest running community for discussion surrounding ice hockey, including coverage of the NHL, college teams and anywhere else the sport is played globally. Join in nearly half a million active conversations happening now on HF Boards. 
All right, Chase, and we are back. Let's talk about some new broadcasting deals with the NHL. Yeah, so Turner Sports and the NHL have agreed to a broadcasting deal, a seven-year deal starting next year. It officially ends the 10-year with NBC. So now ESPN and TNT, they're going to alternate broadcasting Stanley Cup finals every other year. Uh, ESPN, I think they're going to have a a larger portion of games to show where, you know, Turner Sports, TNT, they're, they're going to be able to show some games too, of course, but it's going to be a little bit less. I think 75 was a regular season games, if I'm not mistaken. And then they're going to show the Stanley Cup finals, of course, too, every other year. But it's, it's good for the NHL. They're getting some good money. Also included in this deal, they have HBO. So maybe we can see some sort of unfiltered NHL content again, kind of like we did with the Road to the Winter Classic. Got some great moments from there. Uh, personally, honestly, if the if like the NHL made a deal with HBO where players are mic'd up and nothing was muted, unfiltered, like everything's unfiltered, the announcers can say what they want, I would rather watch that and pay for HBO than watch a game on just regular TV. Yeah, and Chase, let me ask you, when you think about HBO and some great sports content, what's the number one show that pops out to you? Hard Knocks. Tell me an NHL version of Hard Knocks wouldn't be spectacular. Yeah, it, 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 would, it would be pretty awesome, honestly. I, I, I would be so for that. Sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see what happens. I mean, could you imagine if, I don't know, let's say Ottawa gets a hard knock series uh, this past year. We get to see Stutzla, uh, Sanderson, get to see their communication with the team. Uh, we can see that, uh, you know, the GM is like, you know what, uh, Sanderson, you're not quite ready yet. We're going to keep you over in America. And just a, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of transactions, cuts, um, waivers, signings, everything. Like, it would be great. And uh, Hard Knocks is just so real and gets us close to the players when it comes to football. So having that with hockey would be amazing. A thousand percent, dude. If they had that for hockey, I'd be tuning in, you know, every second. I'd, I'd rewatch the series 15 times. It, it just it would be awesome. Yeah. And I, I heard something today about HBO and how uh, originally they were more of a kind of uh, you would get good creators and they would make like a one off type of thing and, you know, it would do really well. But now they're kind of more transitioning to a series-based network, kind of like Disney+, Plus, how they're a very series-based network with Marvel and Star Wars and all of that. So if HBO is transitioning to this more series-based network, why couldn't they have multiple versions of Hard Knocks? Kind of like we see Last Chance U on Netflix. They went from football to basketball. Why can't Hard Knock or why can't HBO do Hard Knocks for football and hockey? That would be so awesome. I, I mean, it's a good point, and it, it's very clear that there is a market there because the you know Road to the Winter Classic got a lot of viewership, and still people look back and talk very highly on it. So there's clearly a market there uh, that the NHL and HBO just need to figure this out and do it. Absolutely. And Chase, I want to ask you about broadcast on ESPN and TNT versus NBC. Obviously, we're very used to NBC. Uh, We heard the legendary Doc Emmerich multiple times when watching Wednesday Night Rivalry, the NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup finals. What do you think the transition is going to be with ESPN and TNT? Do you think it's going to be uh, as good as NBC right away? Do you think it's going to be a step down or maybe even a step up? It really depends on who they all hire for their broadcasting team and for their analysts. I would say before they hire any of those people that it's going to be better. And by better, like I, I think it can very easily be a lot better. 
uh, I, I might change my opinion based on some people they hire. You know, there's some good talent at NBC that they should try to, you know, bring over. And then there's some people that are up and coming that, you know, they might be working for individual teams or they might be over in Canada or they might be doing what, what the hell ever. And those people need that opportunity. Um, you know, there, there's no one that comes like right, you know, like to mind that I'm going to name here in the podcast. But there's people out there that, you know, that deserve that shot. And if they hire the right team, I mean, it could do incredibly well. Hockey is a kind of growing sport in North America, whether you believe it or not. Baseball is a kind of dying sport. Football is, uh, you know, maybe slightly dropping, but is, is pretty much about where it is. And hockey is something that is starting to kind of get a little more traction. So with it going to ESPN, I mean, we could really see some improved numbers for hockey, which would be awesome. Chase, you said you didn't want to uh, bring up any names, but I've got two suggestions, maybe for like a uh, post-game show. Uh, Chase Grosh on Mike Mitchelson. I, I, I think that would work. I think that'd be pretty good, honestly. I, you know, I might be slightly biased. I, I, if, if anything, it's not much, though. You know, just very, very slight bias. Uh, but I think that could be a great show. And I heard that they're asking for like minimal signing bonuses, like only 100 to 200K um, worth of signing bonuses. So that's oh, not that's bad at all. Not, that's, that's nothing. That's, that's not, uh, uh, yeah, easy. Uh, I think ESPN should have some awesome like graphics and overall layout when it comes to the hockey games because they just have all of the money in the world. I mean, they work under Mickey Mouse, so you would think that they can put on a great show. I'm just excited to see it because NBC, we've gotten used to. We've enjoyed. uh, I think we've enjoyed it more than maybe others because we watch so much NHL Network and NBC is such a step up from NHL Network, but I'm excited. I'm ready to see what ESPN can do, and we'll be seeing that pretty soon here. But Chase, let's move on to the NFL draft. We talked about it. It's on Thursday. We're super excited. You're a Lions fan. I'm a Bengals fan. Both teams suck, so let's start with with the current current Lombardi winners, and that would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're currently picking 32 in the draft. What do you think they could possibly do in the NFL draft? And before I get your answer, you saw that Chris Sims had Justin Fields falling to them at 32. What are your thoughts on that? Well, starting with that, I mean, if that were to somehow happen, holy hell, I mean, it's the easiest slam dunk in history. Tom Brady's not going to be there forever. Fields can kind of learn how to be a professional behind him. And if, if you can learn from the best to ever do it and, you know, like any like every way, really, I mean, that's great for you developing as a player. So if something like that were to happen, you know, that's a dream scenario for the Bucks, but it is just not happening. That is not realistic. Justin Fields will be gone in the first 15 picks at the absolute latest. It'd be criminal if even honestly, if he drops past the top like 10, I still think that's criminal because he's an incredibly talented dude for what the Bucks are going to do. I would probably say honestly just just best player available it, it, they have a draft board um there's not really a hole every starter has been brought back so just kind of best player available maybe uh if the running backs fall the right way you can grab a running back uh if, if you you know that could be Travis Etienne, Najee Harris or Devontae Williams if you want to go defensive line you know Christian Barmore is a chance he's there Levi owns Enrique um I think those are you know two positions that you could very heavily target or maybe receiver yeah, I agree. Best player available for sure. However, I lean more on the defensive side. Um, I think wide receiver, maybe, but you still got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, two absolute studs. Uh, running back, I feel like they're actually pretty decent at. Um, they've got Ronald Jones. They brought in Giovanni Bernard. I don't remember. Did they bring back Leonard Fournette? I still don't know. I, that, that's the kind of reason why I brought it up. I, I don't remember seeing anything about it. Uh, if they did. 
then yeah, I mean, they'd be good. But if they didn't, you know, maybe there's a chance if they like one of the guys who were false. But yeah, I mean, defense, I think that's the best place to go. Uh, defensive line, if you have a guy like Aziz Ojolari fall all the way down to 32, who's out of Georgia, I think that'd be a great pick. There's some concern that he might fall because he's had a recent injury. Uh, I personally have him as my number two defensive lineman in the draft. Uh, he is an edge. He's my number two edge as well. But the interior defensive line isn't looking is good so uh i think that'd be a nice pick but yeah overall chase you're right best available yeah i agreed all right chase let's talk about your lions yeah obviously being in the detroit area uh you're a fan of the lions actually a season ticket holder and you haven't been uh very i guess excited about the lions in the past couple of years because they haven't really been able to do much this year You take out Matt Stafford, you trade away Matt Stafford, you bring in Jared Goff and a bunch of extra picks. You guys are sitting at the seventh overall pick in this draft. What do we want? So with his staff, you know, there's a new level of excitement, kind of different than any time you might have felt before as a Lions fan. Uh, You know, it's it's clear that it's not going to be a team that's going to go out there and try to win this year. They got they got to try to figure things out. A process that's been going on for too long in Detroit. But maybe this is a staff that can get it done. You know, I've. I like the staff that's been hired a lot, and I have a lot more faith in him than I have in previous regimens. So I guess we'll see what is to come. But really, at the seventh spot, it just like it really depends how the draft falls. You know, like selfishly, personally, I would love to see Trey Lance here. He's my favorite quarterback in the draft. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence is the best, but Trey Lance is kind of my favorite. Kind of like you know, it was a Herbert thing for me last year. Uh, you know, Burrow was my number one, but Herbert was my favorite. Uh, uh, kind of same boat. So if Lance can come to the Lions, it just gives me extra reason, you know, to root for a player and root for a team. Um, however, I don't really see that happening. If Jamar Chase falls, if Penny Sue will fall, fantastic. One of those two guys. If not, then hell, dude, I, I don't know. I just don't know. So I've got the question of let's say that Atlanta goes Kyle Pitts. Uh, right before them, San Francisco goes Mac Jones and the top two quarterbacks, Zach Jones, Trevor Lawrence, they're gone as well. Bengals go Jamar Chase. And then the Dolphins, they go, I don't know, let's say Jalen Waddle. So on the board, you got Trey Lance, Penny Sewell, uh, Justin Fields. If the Lions were to go Penny Sewell over one of those quarterbacks, what would your thought be? I think... That's probably like the more realistic realistic option, what they're going to do. I, I just kind of what it feels like to me. You know, they traded for Goff. They have enough faith in him and in order to take that cap and roll with him for at least the next couple of years. So I just that's why I don't feel very confident about them going quarterback. You know, I'd be a little annoyed because I would love to, you know, have uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance come to Detroit and see what they can do in a couple of years. But it, it would be it, it is what it is. I'm kind of prepared for that to happen already. So I'm not going to be too disappointed if it does. And if they do take one of those guys, I'll just be happily surprised. Yeah, I I think that they go quarterback. I'm not a golf fan. If you listen to any WNP episodes, you know that. But uh, yeah, that's my my personal opinion would be quarterback would be excellent. And if you're able to get Fields or Lance, you got to pull the trigger. Uh, If Mac Jones is the only one sitting there, pass. Pass. (laughs) Big pass. But Chase, let's talk about the Bengals now. They've got a young quarterback who's got a bright future ahead of him. Uh, some brand new jerseys, very slick, very slick. And I am team offensive weapon where you, you are team offensive protection. Yeah. And it's really a pick where you can't go wrong. And if they were going to go weapon, I would prefer pits over chase just like because the tight end is so ugly there and it offers you such a unique tool you can use all over the place. But 
if you can't really protect your quarterback, then you're in trouble. Uh, there's no guarantees what's going to happen in the second round. You know, you talk about wanting to go weapon one and then go offensive line in the second round. There very well could be a huge run on offensive line. You know, it's not necessarily the most likely thing to happen, but it's very well possible. It's too hard to predict. So imagine if all the offensive linemen like worth a damn are gone and the Bengals are they're kind of flustered. You know, maybe they're okay for a year, but Riley Reef isn't going to be a long-term piece. He's a year, maybe two-year max. The interior is really rough. Uh, so it, it would just make a lot more sense adding a piece. You know, you could even, like, tell Sewell, you know what, dude, too bad. You got to play inside for the year, and then we can move you to right tackle going forward. See, my thought is we bring in Jamar Chase, and he is an excellent player. Like, he is the wide receiver in this draft class, and I think you'd agree. He's not missing. He is going to be a great wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. So adding him, who already has a connection with our young quarterback, would be awesome. And like I like you mentioned, I want them to go offensive line in the second round. And I talked about it before. This offensive line class is so good. I think there's 12 to 15 players deep that can start right away. Let's say that that run does happen. There's going to be some damn good players that are in different positions available that there should be no reason whatsoever they should be available in the second round. So if that happens, that's fine. The offensive line can be okay this year. And like you said, Riley Reef, he's a one-year, maybe two-year type of thing. Great. I'll take a look at that next year when he's not on the team. Right now he is on the team, so he's playing. That's my thoughts. So I think if an offensive lineman is there, great, let's take him. If for some reason this mon- monumental run of offensive linemen happens, there's going to be a great player in round two. Um, and I'm just hearing a lot about Christian Derrissaw falling. So if Christian Derrissaw somehow falls and Jamar Chase and Derrissaw are, are the top two picks for the Bengals, I I don't know. Uh, that... that my, my, that'd be get pretty exciting. <laughs> that'd be like me saying that uh, Jeremiah Wusukormar is going to follow the Lions second round pick. It's just not happening. No, but the thing is, there's no rumors about Joker falling to the second round. There's been a lot of talk, especially today, about Darisaw falling. And I don't know why. It's, I think it's stupid. It's pre-draft narratives. It's all it is. They're trying to create a narrative going into so the draft. So was Baker Mayfield. I firmly believe Baker Mayfield was going first overall when they said that. I didn't think that was a drafting narrative or it could lead up to No, you narrative. didn't. Yes, oh, I did. A week before, you did not believe that Baker yes, Mayfield was going first. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Get out of here, you I clown. I literally did. But, I said that to but, you guys. You but, guys told nope, me no me, way. All right, we're going to get uh we're going to call up Alec right now on the pod and get him to, to okay. tell the truth. I mean, go ahead and give it a shot. No, I'm not going to. Exactly. Um, but I mean, I can, but it's going to take long and it's going to be just, just a hassle for the said. overall podcast. If, right, if, if you went, if you went and said Siri that there was a good guy, Al could be like, you know what, Mike, you bring up good points. We're doing it. You got yourself into this mess. Hello. Hey, Alec, uh, you are on the Bolts broadcast right now. Um, and Chase said that. Over a week before, or at least a week before, and maybe even longer, uh, before the NFL draft in which Baker Mayfield was selected first overall, he said that he didn't think it was a draft narrative whatsoever, and he knew that Baker Mayfield was going to go first overall. Can you remember if he told us that? Because I feel like that's all smoke and mirrors. I think it is smoke and mirrors. I do not remember him saying that personally. 
All right. Well, you guys can thank you, Alec. You there you have I, it. Both broadcast. <laughs> like I know, I know what I've said. Like you guys can believe whatever the hell you want. It does not matter to me. Yeah. No, it's cool. You can uh, you can die on that hill. Uh, I know that none of us remember that, and we have proof right there with Alec. Um, if that's the case, great job. Um, but I think that probably eighty percent of the population that watched the NFL draft did not believe that Baker Mayfield was actually going to be the first overall pick. So uh, draft narrative, draft week narrative, like could be the case, but it's also could be very true. Yeah, Darius not falling out of the first round, though. I, I, I will safely say that. I would happily bet money on that. He definitely shouldn't be. So, yeah. and, and I will say that Chase and I, we do have a bet on the fifth overall selection of the Bengals if Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell are both there. Uh, Chase says Penny Sewell goes five. I say Jamar Chase goes five. Uh, whoever is taken, the respective better gets 10 bucks. So uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited for the NFL draft. I hope you guys are too. If you enjoy this type of football content, you can check us out at WNP Sports Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, we're not professionals on YouTube. We do this stuff all the time. Um, we're going to get back to the hockey stuff absolutely on Monday. Um, just there wasn't a lot of news out there right now. And the NFL draft coming up, we had to talk about it. But Chase, we'll head into hockey name of the day here. Scrolling her down. Um, we got a little shocked face in that guy's first name. Esbjorn Hofferberger. Why do you have the er at the end? Esbjorn Hofferberg. Hofferberg. Esbjorn Hofferberg. And I don't know this guy's exact story, but it, it, it's interesting to say at least just kind of looking at his profile. So starting off. Our boy Esbjorn is a five foot five, one hundred and seventy pound defense of like defenseman slash forward, who last season played in the German three league for the EXA Ice Fighters Leipzig. You know, did I, did I mention he's fifty years old and he was born in Seoul, Korea, but he represents Sweden and Germany. Uh, this guy is just, I don't know his story, but he is pro hockey going back to nineteen eighty eight. Uh, and has played pretty much consistently since then, minus one year off in 0809, and has played as recently as this year. So still going strong at 50 years old, born in Korea. Obviously, he has you know those Swedish or German ties where he was adopted. It's some something along the lines of that. Regardless, uh, very unique, interesting story. Uh, kind of cool to see though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Very crazy. Yaramir Yager-like passion for the game. Continuing to play uh, at a little bit older of an age, but Chase, the lawn care guys are out here at 4.45 in the afternoon on a Tuesday. I've got no idea why, so we're going to have to end this quick so the fans don't, uh, you know, hear all this lawn mowing. So hit them with an outro and uh, make sure to say goodbye, too, because these guys are starting to get loud. All right. As always, want to thank you guys uh, for listening. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, it doesn't just support us, supports the whole network. You can get some unique content there, so make sure to check it out. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Mother at it, follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. It's WNP Sports Pod. Bolts Broadcast, you get your Tampa Bay and Hockey Talk. At the Hockey Podcast Network, you can find all the podcasts within the network, You know whether it be team content or original content. Then at WNP, you can get our primarily football talk. Make sure to go check out our mock draft that we just did last week. Uh, you know, see how well that we do going up to the actual NFL draft. Make sure to check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. 
Wherever listening, rate us five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Make sure to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thank you for checking out the episode. We hope you guys look forward to our next episode. I don't know. This isn't my job. <laughs>